0: Welcome to the first ever episode of the T-Shirt Twin podcast. My name's John.
1: And I'm Lauren. And if it seems like we don't really know what we're doing, it's because we don't.
0: We're just making it up as we go along. I'm blind, I wear two hearing aids, have 3% vision, and Lauren is my sight guide.
1: Yep, on adventures it's kind of my job to tell John where there's things to fall over or where climbing holds are, um, but we just do lots of fun stuff together and the blind thing doesn't really become an issue
0: no it doesn't we just like having fun adventures and seeing where that leads us our last adventure was the Norfolk coast path a long distance trail from Hunstanton to Hopton, a distance of 84 miles which we decided to take on at the end of January Day one.
1: We left home at just after 9.30 in the morning and were dropped off in Hunstanton at around 11. Our mission for the day was to walk 18 miles to Burnham Overy Stays where we'd camp in the dunes. We felt fresh for the first five or so miles and enjoyed seeing, or at least I did, maybe not you John. Not quite. (laughs) Uh, We enjoyed seeing the wintering birds that visit the area during the colder months. Ten miles in and we were starting to know about the packs on our backs. They weighed around 12 kilograms each and we were also beginning to feel hot spots on our feet. We took a look and each of us had blisters. No problem, we thought. We have blister plasters. We patched ourselves up and continued our journey through Home Dunes, Brancaster and Burnham Deepdale. It was stunning. Fifteen miles in and the feet were starting to get sore and light was fading. We pushed on in the dark until we reached the dunes. We kept seeing odd-looking people in camo with guns, one of which shouted something, and all we heard was light and windmill. We decided to wear a light until we found a windmill so we wouldn't get shot. We presumed they were hunting, but it was quite disconcerting. We knew stopping early was no longer an option with the hunt taking place, so we kept moving. Once we reached the dunes, exhausted, we set up camp, cooked some noodles and headed into bed. After about 45 minutes of setting up beds, finding and losing things, and all round faffing, it was around 8pm and time for bed. Night John. Night Lauren. Can you hear that?
0: Is it a boat?
1: I'm not sure, maybe it's a motorbike.
0: It's a helicopter.
1: The low rumbling sound started quietly in the distance, but it soon sounded much, much closer. We were not quite sure what it was. Perhaps it was a dirt bike plane in the dunes. The fear was it would come up over the top and squish us in our tent, but it got louder still.
0: It's definitely a helicopter.
1: Yeah, it must be right above us. We were sure it was low and close, but we never saw it. Around 20 minutes passed and we settled back down for a restless night's sleep. Day 2 The mission for the day was to reach Claydex to sea, which was another 18 miles, the plan was to leave early and hit Wells next to sea in time for breakfast at our favourite bakery. Well, our favourite bakery in Wells. We left around 7am and walked along the quiet beach, which was littered with thousands of shells and had a colony of oyster catchers on a sandbank. The route took us through the Holcomb estate and we reached Wells at around 10.30am. We made use of the facilities there, topped up our water bottles and gave our sore feet a bit of rest before heading into town for our breakfast. We stopped off on some cakes for the day ahead and sat by the quay with a hot drink and a sandwich. We decided to take the boots off for a bit and to check on our feet which is when we discovered that John's feet had started to blister in several places, including between his toes. The next conversation was a tough one. We never doubted our ability to continue, blisters or no blisters, but we knew that doing so would likely end up in damage that would take several weeks to recover from. We did the sensible thing and stopped. We waited by the key and had a different adventure, getting the bus home. It took around three hours in all and we even had time to make a hot chocolate between bus changes. This was our first attempt of a long distance walk. We knew we could finish it but it was a case of how. We did a bit of research while we recovering at my mum's house. Toe socks looked like they sort John's weird toe blister issues so we ordered a pair of liners and looked at taking some of the weight off our feet. We swapped the tent for a tarp and bivvy bags, used smaller lighter backpacks, left the waterproofs at home knowing that we could wrap ourselves up in the tarp if we needed to and switch to a lighter stove. We also took less food with us. Our decision to head out again was a last minute one and it was only to be for one night unless things went much better than before. Our new packs weighed around 6 to 7 kilograms with our water.
0: Day 3
1: We hopped on a train at half eleven in the morning from Lingwood which is where my mum lives and headed out towards Sheringham. There were lots of waits in between connections, which gave us time to eat and supply, but it meant arriving back at Wells at half four in the afternoon. We walked for a couple of hours before reaching a less than ideal camp spot, but it did the trick. Couscous was on the menu, along with a hot chocolate. It was a cold night, down to around minus three or four degrees, and we struggled to stay on top of our sleeping mats because of the uneven ground. Day four. Despite a rubbish night's sleep, we woke up feeling quite refreshed. We were on the move by quarter to seven and it was still dark. The hard frost helped with the mud and walking was quite easy going. We reached Morstan for a beautiful sunrise and kept on the move until we reached Clay next to at around half ten. We found a bench and dried out some of our kit, including the what was frozen tarp. There were lots of people around enjoying a sunny day and the wildlife. From here we were able to move up onto the cliffs towards Sheringham where we met some nice people that offered to see if we could stop where they were staying. Perhaps we should have accepted, but we didn't and we kept walking onto Sheringham Town for a resupply and kept going further still. We were between Sheringham and Cromer when we found our overnight spot, which was a leaky and draughty bird hide. We even had to set up the tarp inside of it, it was so bad. We'd covered another 18 miles that day and our legs were tired, but we were still blister free. We ate couscous again despite being well and truly fed up of it. Again, not a great night's sleep, and it was quite breezy.
0: Day five.
1: We woke up feeling quite good. The feet recovered well, and we set off early and soon reached Cromer, where we resupplied once more from a local bakery and co-op. It was incredibly windy, so we stayed off the beaches and kept to the cliff tops as much as possible, But this did bite us on the bum at Bacton. Already tired, we discovered the main path had given way to erosion near the large gas terminal and was impassable. This resulted in a highly unwelcome three kilometre detour. This affected morale pretty badly as we were already flagging slightly, but it was to be the least of our troubles. We discovered that despite covering the distance according to Strava, it wasn't translating into progress along the route. We were many miles behind and had a long way to go to reach Winterton, our planned overnight stop for the night. We knew we could stop short, but we wanted to finish the entire route and we had a cut-off point. Not reaching Winterton would have put the completion into jeopardy. We'd already walked 38 kilometers, and we calculated we still had around 12 kilometers to go to reach Winterton. We were tired, hungry, it was getting dark and we were pretty demoralised. We grabbed a sausage roll from our bags while we took a quick break and then it started to rain. We considered our options and decided to push forwards. The remaining 12 kilometres were painful on the feet, but still blister free. But we had to take many stops. We reached our overnight stop in the dunes and set up the tarp. It was windy, but it held up okay. Despite having the tarp flapping on our faces most of the night, it was one of our better night's sleep.
0: Day 6
1: We woke up knowing we only had 15 miles to the finish and we were determined to make it. The tide was low, which meant we made excellent progress along the hard sand, at least until a freak wave came up a little too far up shore, giving John a wet foot. Oops. We saw a couple of seals in the sea here and lots of evidence of coastal erosion. We reached Great Yarmouth by midday and stopped for some chips in the town. Five miles to go. The tarmac by the quay battered our feet and as soon as we could walk on sand, we did. The last five miles were tough, but we made it opting for the cliffs again because of the rising tide. We reached Topton around 2pm and grabbed a beer from the cup while waiting for our lift to arrive. We enjoyed the walk, but it was very much Type 2 fun. For us, lighter packs made all the difference, so we'll try to keep to that ethic in the future. We would have liked more time to enjoy the experience. Less time pressure we may have taken up the offer of accommodation or stopped for a super de pud, but we had to remain focused on our destination in order to complete the journey.
0: We would highly recommend the walk and winter is a great time to do it. You see different types of birds and the seals that you would only see during the winter. If you'd like to know more, go to t where you can read the blog, see some cool pictures and check out the videos of the walk.
1: If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, click subscribe because we're going to be making some more real soon.
0: Thanks for listening.